I'm, I'm a strong believer in what Michelle Obama said in her book that came out a couple years ago that was, you know, who you become is endless. There's no, there's no end of the road. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm still growing and I'm still becoming. Uh, and so I would say that to anybody that's listening, what you can be is, is, is what you choose to be and you're always growing. Welcome. My name is Richard Thompson. I'm the Vice President of Public Relations for the Memphis Association of Black Journalists. You're listening to our podcast, Tips from the Field. And joining us today is our good friend of the show, Milton Howery III, the Director of Public Relations for Memphis Travel, and also the founder of Milton Memphis Entertainment. Uh, welcome to the show, Milton. Hello, thank you for having me. So we just want to have just a sort of a casual conversation. Uh, what we do with Tips from the Field is we bring in professionals just to, to talk about their fields and, and, and impart some wisdom to younger professionals who are coming up. You know, uh, So just tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you end up? You're a native Memphian, correct? What, yes, what native high school Memphian. did you go to, brother? What high school uh, did you go to? You know, I usually like to let native people guess, but uh, they usually guess wrong, so I'm going to go ahead and spare us the time. I went to uh, Whitehaven High School, the best. Oh, okay. Okay, all right. <laughs> My wife went to East High School, so, you know, okay. I, guess, I, okay. I guess we can cut you some slack on that one. You're good. <laughs> You're good. So tell us about your journey, man. So, yeah, so, you know, I, I've born and raised in Memphis my entire life, you know, I initially thought that the majority of my career, um, you know, some 16 years ago would be mainly uh, in journalism. That was the goal. That was what I wanted to do. And then um, as I started out and I started out in radio, uh, working in radio for a couple of years at Bot Radio Network, it's a Christian station. And I went from there. Now, while working in radio, I was working in tourism uh, at the same time. So like, and I was in school too, by the way. So like I was, this is literally my schedule. Morning time, I was from 4 a.m. to 8.30. I was uh, the Mike and Mandy Morning Show. That was the third radio station I worked for. And then from 9 to 6, I was working uh, with Memphis Tourism as a visitor's counselor at the Visitor Center on Elvis Preston Brooks. And then by, yeah, so when people say I got my start in tourism, like I started at the bottom uh, of tourism. And, and then from, and then at nighttime, I would have classes and days where I was off from the visitor center, I would do all day classes after radio. So, you know, I kind of made the, the schedule work or whatever, end up taking an internship with BET as a marketing intern. That blew my doors open because, and mentally, because I was focused on journalism, but then I was like, this PR and marketing element and events and entertainment seems fun and you're, it, it seems natural versus when I have to do what, journalists do full time it felt like a little bit more work for me <laughs> and so uh and journalists and PR go hand in hand we are best friends and you know they they both need each other and so and I still do write as well so I do I'm a writer I do more the type of writing that I do is more writing by choice is more of a travel writing and leisure uh, writing um for like I've done a couple articles for Thrillist and like Lonely Planet. But anyway, I, I stopped the internship, graduated and was looking for, I was looking for employment, looking for a full-time job. I had already done these internships, worked in radio, worked in tourism, and I needed something full-time. Ended up working at the convention center. Uh, at the time, Memphis Tourism took over the convention center. So I, they, were, they, were, they were saying, I thought you were looking for journalism. I was like, well, I need a job uh, right now, full-time. So 
I ended up working there as a uh, event assistant and event coordinator, then promoted to sales manager. So that started me a, a career in tourism that took me away from the media element, but still ended up being crucial to my future. Uh, and so what happened was Bass Pro Shops, the pyramid was opening in 2015, the year that I was hired from them was the end of 2014. Uh, and they, on the spot where I was trying to sell them their job fair space, to host a job fair at the convention center. Um, they said, we, we really like working with you. Do you have, uh, you know, um, you know, the first they said, do you fish? And I was like a little bit. And they said, well, you know, we're looking for a public spokesperson. Do you have any media and events experience? And I'm like, I've just done events before this job at the convention center. I worked in radio and journalism. Uh, and so at that, it's because while I was in college, I also was writing for the traffic to spend a newspaper. So Anyway, so leave Memphis Tourism and go open up the pyramid as a public spokesperson. So I'm working with the media, um, doing a grand opening. If, if, if anybody went to the grand opening and saw those 20,000 people, that was all me. Long story short, did that for two years and then hopped over to Memphis Tourism in 2017 as their PR manager and then became director in 2019. In the midst of all of that, I also founded my own entertainment business that does concerts, uh, events, networking events. You may be familiar with the Link Up Memphis and, and that hosts that on a quarterly basis. And we also do a lot of consulting for marketing events and, and artist management as well. So that's it in a nutshell. That's kind of it, my journey there, uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm a strong believer in uh, what Michelle Obama said in her book uh, uh, that came out a couple years ago that was, you know, who you become. Uh, is endless. There's no, there's no end of the road. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm still growing and I'm still becoming. Uh, and so I would say that to anybody that's listening, um, you know, you, what you, what you can be is, is, is what you choose to be. And you're always growing. Tell us a, a little bit about Milton Memphis Entertainment. Yeah. So Milton Memphis Entertainment started almost a decade ago. It started because I was an intern with BT and had fell in love with the media world and the entertainment world. And, you know, I had always desired to, uh, to maybe one day be independent. But what ended up happening is I ended up having a day job that I loved, uh, but then also um, uh, this desire to create spaces for entertainers. So we have uh, several shows that we do throughout the year, such as the I Music concert. We hosted a show back in 2019 that was called the I Miss the Old Kanye West. Um, so our shows are usually geared around music. Uh, and then there is something else that we started four years ago, which is called the Link Up Memphis, which is um, a professional networking event where everyone is invited to come. We usually have about 300 people. Uh, and so we have from music events to networking, and then we do events and marketing consulting as well as artist management as well. Uh, we don't like, I, I can tell you, I don't like to do a whole lot of artist management because I don't have the time, but we do have one artist I represent right now. Uh, Franceschi has a song that's coming out in a couple months. Um, so you can find him on MiltonMemphis.com as well. But essentially, Milton Memphis Entertainment, our focus is uh, it's events that connect people, whether that's music or networking. Some people would think if you were born in Memphis, you've lived here all your life, that you may not have those inroads, those opportunities. But I like the way that you've kept that hustle going. You know, you can kept that hustle going and, you, and you've had you seem like you've had a vision for what you wanted to do. Even when the journalism part didn't work out, you still had a vision like, okay, let me, let me, let me try this and, 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 and follow this road here. Yeah, it was all about learning, really. It was really about learning. At that time, I was in my you know, mid-20s, early 20s, and it was all about uh, learning um, the business world and learning and taking it all in until I could get to a point 
of where I am now. Uh, and so, and, and I didn't really know at that time that, you know, all those things I would use later in my life that I was, that I was learning. Um, but yeah, you know, it's that, it's that positive attitude and taking every job seriously, even if it's not the one that you want. I take pride in everything that I've done, you know, and so I think that's, 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 that's crucial. You have, you have to see purpose in everything. That's awesome. So let's, let's talk about Memphis. It's a, it seems like it's a hard story to tell, right? Is, is it a hard story to tell? I, I'm a long-term journalist. I mean, I've, I've been a journalist for a long time, but I've also been in PR for, for quite a while. And I can tell that you, it, it has to be a challenge. Talk about that challenge. You know, so honestly, it's not. And I can tell you, what, it's not a challenge at all. Uh, honestly, because Memphis is so, um, we're world-renowned, okay? So let's start there. Everyone knows us for our okay. music history, um, our food, our, our, our culture, our history, the people. Um, you know, we are a trending city. We are a medium-sized city. But when you think of the history of America and the things that started in Memphis, from FedEx to uh, the, the first grocery store uh, with Piggly Wiggly, um, to the Holiday Inn starting here, um, to, you know, even 360 getting the, the first hip-hop group to get an Oscar. When you think of all the things that Memphians have had an impact in in this world, from the music, the culture, the history, civil rights movements, all those things, um, that's a lot that tourists love to discover and they want to be a part of because not everybody has such a colorful history. I, I look at cities as living, breathing things that, that require and have different assets and they require different needs and have different wants. And, and so I try to approach, so whenever somebody gets like this comparison thing with Memphis to another city, I'm like, okay, that's Memphis. This is New York, two different people. <laughs> that's Memphis, this is Nashville, two different people. But what does make it hard is locals sometimes. You know, we, we're, we're, we're very friendly to tourists, but when it comes to how we talk sometimes in our circles to our friends, and also I have to say, you know, um, the media, you know, I think the public, the public has stopped really, um, searching for the truth in the media and I think what happens is we 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 see these stories of crime which are very real and a true problem in Memphis but that does not mean there's nothing positive here happening and so for locals they get stuck into the taglines of the local media and don't really dig further and, so, and, and what happens is those those good stories are not publicized. Those good stories are harder to find. And sometimes they are publicized. They just don't go viral, right? So how, so how are you able to break yourself from that? Because you make a very valid point. How are you able to break yourself from that to, to, to sort of recast how you see your own city? Because a lot of the things that you're talking about, I doubt that you learned it when you were growing up and going to school in Memphis Public school, City Schools. I doubt you learned that. You had to learn that on your own. So how did you, how did you, how did you break that? Break that cycle. So you hit on a very important point. So when I started in tourism 16 years ago, there was an aha moment. There was a literal light bulb moment that happened. And I was 20 years old. So I guess 15 years. So I'm 35 now. I was 20 then. So, um, you know, there was a light bulb moment. I was upset. Not because I was upset because I had discovered so much history. Because when you start in tourism, I had just started the, at, the, at the ground level. I had to help tourists. So, so people walk in the building, they want to know where to go, where to go eat, what to see. So my, who she's now, somebody that's very close to me, uh, my boss at the time, Patsy Morgan, we still maintain a relationship, although she's retired. 
you know, Patsy, part of her training was you have to go to Saks, you have to go to the Rock and Soul Museum, you have to go to the Pink Palace, you do all these things. And that started, we have all these books in our, in the gift shop at, at, the, at the business center that I would read and all these different things. And like all these things that were not taught to me in school, not taught in any capacity. And so at that moment, that is how I got out of it. That's what changed my perspective. I realized that there's two realities that exist and, you know, and you know, I said there's one reality, but within that reality, there is good and there's bad. So that's, that's what I realized that, yes, we have issues as a city, but yes, we're also great. Uh, and that's what, that changed my mindset, you know, and sometimes, honestly, people get upset with me because they go, oh, you're always so positive about Memphis. How can you celebrate a city that has these issues? And I go, just the same way I celebrate myself and I'm not perfect, the same way that I, you know, you know, and so that's kind of how I go about it. See, you, you probably should have went into religion, though, because you're preaching right now. <laughs> so let's let's talk about let's talk about some of the campaigns that Memphis Travel has done. And one of the mm-hmm. campaigns, recent ones, is the Get Loud campaign. The, the, mm-hmm. I, I saw the commercial and I see you in there flexing on, on Bill Street. I, I see you. I see you in the campaign. So so tell, tell us about how you go about telling the story of Memphis in, in those short bursts. Obviously, there's a storyline there that you're trying to capture. Yeah, there is a storyline. So we have an awesome marketing team. Um, we have our VP of marketing, Leah Gaffney, who leads a lot of those creators for the videos and the idea process. And then we have uh, Regina Buring, our chief marketing officer. And so, you know, there's a lot of thought that goes into those videos and everything that we create. Uh, and, and the core of everything that we usually do is stick to, you know, what we're known for. And that is the the culture of our music legacy and our food and our heritage and that history and, and all those things um, combined. And so we try to make sure that we paint a story around that and be consistent uh, with that story because that's what we're known for and that's what people and that's who we are. Uh, and so we we don't try we don't try to ever you know you see some destinations they want to be the luxury destination. We have a few luxury hotels here. But we're we're not the, the the grinding grittiness is what is what attracts people to our destination. And that's what we make sure that we implement in the storyline. And we 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 always think about, you know, we literally take time to think about the audience. So, you know, where the video is gonna go and how 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 many ways can we use that one video because it takes a lot of time to create. So when I when you see that video, you you have a feeling and I think, okay, this is a video that I can share with our uh, Australian audience. This is a video that I can share with our Europe audience. This is a video that I can share with the uh, with, with domestic audience. And so we really think along those lines and kind of make sure that we develop a narrative and a story um, that is true and accurate representation of Memphis. And 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 that is what ultimately attracts people to Memphis because we we are who we are. When, when national publications like the New York Times come to the city, and they do those thirty-six hours in Memphis type of type of deals. What what role do you, do they contact your office? What role do you guys play? So yeah, so I actually did the last one. That was me who coordinated the last one. Uh, the New York Times. The last one we got New York Times thirty-six hours uh, was done by Elaine. Uh, I can't, I'm gonna butcher her last name, so I won't say it. But uh, Elaine, New York Times. Uh, I actually. So it's it's a lot that goes into that. What people don't realize. So what happens is. Um, as a PR professional, when I'm promoting Memphis, um, I literally uh, spend months and weeks. So for that one story, for these multiple stories that I'm getting per month that comes out, that was months of work put in before. So when I first started in 2017, 
that six months of me reaching out, the results of that happen six months later uh, or a year later sometimes. So you're constantly building those relationships and those contacts with media. So I did a media blitz a lot of times. I'm so lucky that Memphis Tour, the Memphis Destination, where we, where we have the ability um, to, to fly to destinations and scout those media individuals and meet them personally. So around about, I guess, 2017, I flew to Chicago uh, and I met Elaine for breakfast. And I said, hey, Elaine, I'm flying to Memphis. I represent Memphis Tourism. Uh, I'm available at 11 o'clock. Next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I'll be here. If you can find some time or one of these times we can meet, I would love to share what's happening new in Memphis. I go meet her, tell her about, we have this conversation. I usually have my iPad for pictures and things, or, you know, I'm just kind of just in case, you know, some visuals that help, uh, you know, to get her understand who we are. And so at that point, flew back to Memphis. It may have been a few months before I heard from her. And I was just doing a check-in email one time. She just actually milked I'm thinking about doing an updated New York Times piece uh, on Memphis. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. What, what, what can I do to help? So essentially, with New and each publication does things differently. So New York Times booked her own hotel and and those types of things versus and pay her travel where sometimes Memphis Tourism actually will pick up the hotel fee or our hotel partners will uh, and we literally uh, give her tons of options because I, I we, we want to make sure that one thing that the stories we tell are diverse and inclusive. So I want to make sure that I'm not just mentioning the same barbecue spots and I'm not just mentioning the same restaurants and the same places. So then I and I make sure that I'm not putting my own perspective onto something that she might think is amazing. So I just want to make sure that I give as much people the opportunity to shine by giving her as much information in a concise way where she can look through and say, okay, for lunch, these are some good options for dinner. This is here, here's what's ha happening new. So at that time, like, uh, I think, um, um, what was new at the time? Uh, I think the complex had just opened up uh, their, um, their, their place in Orange Mound, uh, which is now Tone. So I mentioned them. So, so it's basically a series of me digging through my brain, asking my colleagues, reaching out to the community, making sure that, that I'm, that I'm have all the resources available to provide her that way she can make a concise decision on her itinerary. Because for that piece, she wants her own, she wants more control. Now, there are some people, like there's a story that came out today in Food and Wine magazine that everybody should check out uh, that, that features Memphis as the best hot wing destination. So for that particular journalist, I met that journalist, saw her online, sent her an email, said, have you ever been to Memphis? She was like, no. And I was like, would you like to join a phone call? I can tell you what's new, what's happening. We stay on the phone call and she's like, oh, wow, I didn't know all of this about Memphis. I think I might try to come. I said, well, let me know. We'll line it up. So anyway, brought her here. We, we confirmed that she was going to do a story on hot wings. So I had to line up some of the hot wing places and dig and get their owner's contact and a lot of the restaurants. I said, our restaurant partners are always so busy. So getting them to like take five minutes to do an interview is so difficult. But I love them all. They all are doing amazing things. And so I had to line up, you know, pick. And I was like, okay, I got to get this right. We got Crumpies. We got Wing Guru. Can I squeeze in Debo's? Can I do this? So I had to line up based on her schedule. And you, hit the, out. you hit the top ones. You hit the top ones. Okay. Is, exactly. Exactly. Did you go, did, now, did you go to BJ's? Did you go to BJ's Hot Wing? Uh, on 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 Elvis Presley. So that that's my favorite spot. That is my favorite spot. We didn't we didn't do that one, but we did. It was Wing Guru, Crumpies, the Wing Factory, and Central Barbecue. Because okay, it was I think it was unique to have a, a barbecue spot 
that also has wings that everybody also loves because I love their wings. Good a lot choices, of love good their choices, wings. good choices. Um, so yeah, so it was a good time. And there, and I gave her options of others, but you really can't only go in so many, you right. only can eat so many wings <laughs> and the story is only so long. Right, <laughs> right. You, you're you a president of the Memphis uh, PRSA. Yeah. And talk to me about how that organization has changed during your during your membership there. I mean, there was a time where that organization sort of struggled for diversity and is in the fact that your president, your president elect is also African-American, that 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 seems like a, a, a pretty strong achievement or pro, a sign of progress at least. You know, I will say, you know, I I you know I will say I was very critical in the past of of some of my previous leaders, not in recent times, but I have to say I also had a critical eye and I think one of the reasons why they elected me as president of the board, because I was kind of critical when I first came on as diversity chair. And I was kind of, you know, at the time I was like, do they hear me? Are they? Uh, and then I, and then I was like, yeah, they heard me and they just asked me to be president. <laughs> they clearly heard me and was listening. <laughs> right. And they were right. taking in what I was saying. And so I had no I no intention on doing that. Um, but anyway, um, I so becoming president, it opened up my eyes into uh, a different perspective. Uh, and I saw an organization, it's full of amazing individuals, but it needed some work. I, and I can just say, I, as president, you know, we are not there yet. I think uh, Jennifer comes in next year, she's going to do an amazing job. And uh, so the, a decent foundation, I think, <laughs> uh, for Jennifer to come in. But, you know, I am proud of, you know, our membership is, is growing. We, we do have a, a, a active board. We have, uh, you know, uh, financially got into a wonderful situation uh, in terms of, uh, you know, things that we're able to now do for our members. And we've had some conversations that we that probably haven't been had for regarding diversity and inclusion. And we've definitely, um, that's one of the things that I know 100% that uh, we've done better on during uh, my tenure on the board uh, in the various roles I've had in the last few years. And uh, our current chair, uh, diversity inclusion chair is doing an awesome job. And so, but yeah, I will say, you know, PRSA, you know, has had a, legacy of being kind of, you know, an organization that skews a little bit older and not as innovative. And I will say not not because they didn't want to. Uh, I just think it was just a matter of having individuals in the room who, uh, at, the, at the leadership, uh, having people like Jennifer and having people like Alicia uh, Tillery um, that, 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 that can support it. Uh, like there's Terry, uh, I'm going to butcher Terry's last name too, who works at the University of Memphis as a PR professor. Uh, Del Rosso. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Like Terry, that 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 people like that that come on board, that make it awesome, and that want to give it their all, and 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 that's what I'm truly grateful for for all those individuals on my board now that that have um, helped us grow and and get to where we are, and we're still not there, but it's growing. I I really like the way that um, the way that you you present Memphis and the positive energy that you bring to the city in, in terms of you you could just. Feel it. I'm like, I, I see this commercial, I see this, 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 this work that's happening, and I can sort of feel your imprint on, on, on that work. So, I mean, great job in that regard. Tell us a little bit more for those, like, mom, there are a lot of mom and pop shops for PR in the city. How can they get plugged in to the larger narrative to, you know, to sort of generate some, some content or, or, you know, plug their businesses into what's happening on a larger narrative? the larger scale for the city. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to say the number one thing is make sure that you um, have, are building relationships 
with the organizations like PRSA and with you guys' organization, um, you know, I think uh, I think that is that is the fundamental that puts you in the room, that puts you in the in the ability to get access and make sure you're in the know, and then make sure that you are reaching out to all the many organizations in Memphis that are a part of the growth, whether that's the Memphis Chamber, whether that's Memphis Tourism, whether that's the DMC, whether that's the Medical District Association, uh, you know, making sure that you are a part of all of those different things because as Memphis grows and develops and things change and happen, if you are a PR person or a media person that wants to be involved and have a piece of the say and be able to have a piece of business in that, you, you, there's no way for you to even know what's coming if you're not in the know. And so, you know, I think for me, um, you know, I've had to turn down a lot of PR work in different regards um, because I'm, I'm full-time in Memphis Tourism and I do some consulting on the side. So Memphis Tourism and, and is, is my bread and butter. And so, you know, and so I realized that, you know, by being in these spaces and having opportunity in these different spaces, I mean, active in those spaces um, has created opportunity that I've had to turn down that I think that I passed on to other people, actually. So I think it's the, the connectivity you know, it is, you know, making sure that you have, that you've built a brand awareness for what it is that you are doing. I think that is also key. You know, I think a lot of people just decide to do things and don't really fully think it out. And then knowing what you want to, what lane you want to be in in PR, because it's so vast and there's so many things that, that you can do. You know, I can go on and on on that. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I really appreciate it. I think you've imparted a lot of good wisdom and a lot of good energy for people who are not only aspiring to be in per- public relations, but who are in the field to show that they can, what's possible. And I think that you are a vision of what's possible in the city. And I so appreciate you joining us on this podcast today. Again, your energy is unstoppable. Keep it going, man. I I really appreciate you. So you've been listening to Tips from the Field from the Memphis Association of Black Journalists. We are so grateful to have had Milton Howery III, Milton Memphis. Uh, tell, Tell people where they can find you outside of, outside of Memphis Travel. Yeah, so you can simply go to MiltonMemphis.com. It's going to have uh, my email address there. You're going to be able to find everything there, but you can also follow me on Instagram um, at the real Milton Memphis. And you can also just Google Milton Memphis and you'll, you'll find me. Somebody said they was looking for my number the other day and they just Googled Milton Memphis and it came right up. So I, I like to say I'm probably a little bit too accessible these days, but uh, from a PR perspective, a note is I like to be accessible if I want the media to be able to find me as quick as possible. Well, thank you so much, Milton. We appreciate you. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for Memphis Association of Black Journalists Tips from the Field. Have a good one.